Well, he 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 often expressed a desire to punt kick Rover. Mm. I suspected it's because they like both had the souls of cats and saw each other as sort of infringing on each other's territory. Because Rover, I think, would like try and kill him sometimes. Rover was awesome. I like that cat. The best cat ever. It was the best cat ever. Mr. President was the best cat ever. Mr. President. Well, well, clearly, clearly, when when we all pass on, we're gonna go to cat heaven, and you know we'll, we'll determine that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the. Uh, you know, the cage fight and the heavenly gates. Like, you know, they don't just use that at the front door yeah. when they're not letting people in. They take the they take the pearly gates and they erect them and do, like, cage matches. Do you have any idea how many wrestlers are in heaven right now? Macho Man, Randy Savage, and the Ultimate Warrior are probably duking it out right now. Oh, man. Valhalla. Just living it. Eating. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget drinking. Yeah, yes. Drinking themselves stupid. And the upside is, is they're already dead, so their brain cells probably regenerate. <laughs> And welcome, welcome, all you new listeners, as well as any returning Old Taku faithfuls, to the third episode of the Old Taku Connection. I have recorded and re-recorded this opening bit so many times that I'm about ready to choke somebody. But not you. I like you. Anyway, today's a very special episode of the Connection in that it is the second of a two-part series having to do with our first attempt at trying to make an anime podcast. It was called What's Your Anime and was meant to sort of, or rather, attempt to kind of recreate that feeling of joy and wonder and all those other warm feelings you got when you first discovered anime and it was this new and exciting thing. And it was in this episode that I pretty much realized I couldn't do the show the way I intended for a number of reasons. I We can agreed not to talk about because it's embarrassing anyway at the very least I can tell you that you've got a quality episode on your hands Ugh. you see I should have stopped there and just went on with it but my brain screwed up I'm just going to edit this rather than try and re-record it because I don't want to go any more crazy than I already have anyway Please enjoy. Okay, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for episode two of the What's Your Anime podcast. And not sure if introductions were handled in the opening to this thing. But just in case they weren't, I am Lionel Miles, sometimes referred to as Jumper Cables. I am the host of this show, and with me I have... Joe Face Burchette. Howdy, howdy. And we have Big Michael Pangelina. That's Jumper Cables, always referred to as, and that's Joseph Benjamin Midget Burchette II to you. Hey, 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 hey. We can, we can use your nicknames on your podcast, Hyper <laughs> 90s Zeitgeist Breakdown. Check it out on the site. Shameless. Don't podcast. listen to it. My voice is annoying. Listen to it because I'm on it. Damn it. Yeah. Jumper Cables is on it. Yeah. 
Yeah. You got it. Got, <laughs> and they so got big Joe. black early voices. Joe's on there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe's on there too, but uh he may be replaced soon. Probably. Oh no. <laughs> By a robot of my creation. You tell that robot he's got a high bar to like live up to. <laughs> no, really. Uh, no, I'm serious. Not really. That robot's gonna get the hazing. <laughs> From the cables. I'm thinking about replacing him with a a Chinese person who doesn't speak any English. <laughs> oh God, please do that. I would listen to that. That will only happen if I can call him Old Spice. Uh, all right, let's just move on. <laughs> okay, I killed the joke. All right, all right. Anyway, so we've already more or less covered what this podcast is about in the previous episode. But if for some reason you're jumping in at episode two, this podcast is namely about sort of seeking out maybe lesser-known animes or just animes that, you know, were lost with the times they came out or maybe are popular, but someone who happens to listen to this doesn't know of it. It's it's about helping people find the anime for them. Anime's not for everyone, but there's an anime for everyone. And the anime we'll be talking about today is a adaption of a video game which came out, I believe, 2000? For 2002, a game created by Red Entertainment called Gungrave. Now, Gungrave was sort of the brainchild of uh, a man named Yashiro Naitao. Yashiro Naitao is more well known out here for Trigun, which is probably his most popular series maybe ever, but in America in particular. He's not only credited as the primary designer of the game, but also the character designer. He worked alongside another well-known manga author named Kosuke Fujishima, known for the Oh My Goddess series, as well as the You're Under the, uh, Yeah You're Under Arrest. And uh, Kosuke, in particular, offered mechanical designs, and their distinctive art styles kind of came together to create the unique world the Gungrave game takes place in. What we're talking about, however, is the anime adaption of Gungrave. Uh, I think I covered all the basics. Let's get right into it. Um, nothing in depth, but what did you guys think of Gungrave overall? Joe, let's start with you. When I first uh, started watching it, because you had us watch the first four episodes, I will be very honest and say I w- was very bored. Uh, the first episode did not pick up till about around the ending, so I was actually kind of just not really digging it for most of the first episode. But but then after the first episode passed, I really started to get into the show and, and enjoy it a lot. So I started to like it. Uh, around the second episode, but in the beginning, I just wasn't digging it at all. Uh, I like the style of it and stuff like that. It's very dark and people are brooding a lot. So it was pretty cool. I, I liked it so far. Yeah. Let, let me let me just get this out of the way right off the bat. Gungray fails the first episode test so hard, it kind of hurts. Like, that first episode is bad. And I love the show. I love the show to death, but... I can say it without flinching that that first episode's terrible. That well, being said, it it will come back to that, and by the time it gets back to that, like really, I think it'd be better off if they just jumped straight to episode two, played it completely chronologically. Yeah, um, I I don't think it was 
I didn't think it was really, it wasn't like really bad or anything. I didn't think it was awful. I just thought it was just really boring. It seems like they were spending way too much time trying to build up to something when they should have just jumped right to it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I understand why they were pacing it that way, but it just, it just seemed like it was just taking forever to finally pick up. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like I said, I, I didn't think it was bad. I just was kind of bored for a little while. But I wanted to, I was eager to know what was happening because they did a lot of stuff where it was, you know, someone would start talking about something and then they would, you know, not finish it. And you're kind of wondering, okay, so what are you talking about? So they just, they kept doing that a lot. And I just really wanted them to just get right into it a lot faster than they did. That's all. Oh, fair enough. Uh, Mike, what about you? This is not my anime. Uh, it was the first episode. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Uh, and then I kind of, I appreciate what they were trying to do with like jumping back afterwards, but I, the jump doesn't work. The first episode, like we, this we can all agree on, is bad. Uh, yeah. And then the show from there, like the next three episodes, it's there's just so many things that just felt wrong that I just didn't like. It was just riddled with like adolescent cliches and like poor writing. It's just melodramatic and like. I mean, it has its moments. That's probably the best I'll give it. Like some of the, some of the action scenes, especially like the Mexican standoff shit, was I thought was was on point. Um, and that said, that's kind of tied to the animation, which I thought was a big problem because clearly the budget went into the action sequences and not into everything else. I was very. I think underwhelmed is giving it too much credit. Oh. I, I was just like, I couldn't wait for this to be over. <laughs> oh God! Oh, it isn't so, Mike. I, we're gonna keep rep- referencing this, but it, you will never hear it. Uh, the Street Fighter episode that we recorded in Lost. At one point, the director was talking to Capcom, and he said, "You know, we can't have all these characters in here because the audience can really only follow about seven. And then after that, it just gets muddy. I have a couple of thoughts on, on that. So there's basically, I mean, there's like four main protagonists, and and that's a lot. So you're filling over half of that seven, um, if you think that that rule holds true. Yeah, but before that, the episode before that, there's more characters introduced. There's like a scientist, a, a girl, and then in the second, third, and fourth episode, there's like... There's all of these, like, bad guys that's just like, I don't know who's doing what, like, who's this big daddy, who's Harry McDowell, and then, like, this kid in the restaurant, and it's just like, I I could not follow this. There was just too many characters. I didn't know what was happening. To speak to that a bit, let's jump back to the game for a minute. Now, this anime is interesting in that it serves as both prequel and retelling i think it's closer in nature to an adaption the way it kind of divulges from the game the events of the game i don't know i feel i I didn't play gungrave i watched a a long play of it i did play its sequel however gungrave overdose which came out after the anime and they're all pretty closely knit in that they all actually kind of build off each other to the degree that there's elements from 
the Gungrave anime, even though the Gungrave anime, in regards to events, clashes with the original game. There's elements from the anime that work its way into the second game, and they all share the same soundtrack, which I personally enjoyed a great deal, but we can get to that later. Yeah. Um, that was a, that was actually a point, the point that I did like. The soundtrack was really good. Um, but going back to what you just said, that was the other thing I felt was that bringing it back to the Street Fighter movie, I think that that works because we have that background of having played those games and we know those characters and we're excited to see them on screen. Um, but here, like, I didn't have that that knowledge. I didn't play those games. So I didn't know who any of these characters were. So I feel like it was kind of, might have been resting on its laurels a little bit, kind of assuming that people knew who certain characters were already and like bringing in fresh faces to spice some themes up or something. Well, I don't feel it intends to. It seems like the anime is actually making more of an effort to stand on its own rather than assume that everyone's played the game. That being said, that the the big thing about this show, especially as it goes on, is how the characters develop. And I kind of wish now that rather than going with the first four episodes, the same way it is on the uh, original DVD this came out in when it was first released, uh, that I had had you guys watch episodes two through five rather than one through four. Because five is where it really starts to pick up. I, I have clearly failed. <laughs> if... <laughs> You didn't fail. It's always you if, know, it's if, always if, good to try out your, new animes. It's fine. No, no, I did fail because this this is one of those animes I had in mind is like having broader reaching appeal. Nowhere near on the same level as Bebop as, you know, it starts off being like anime godfather and then involves zombies and people beyond the grave and all that other stuff. Yeah. But you know, it's it, there's there's more to it. It's not it's not what you see in the first episode. Yeah. It's really more about what you see in episode five onward as i kept watching this i kept thinking about the anime helsing because it kept giving off that vibe for some reason but then i also started thinking of the the anime trigun that could have been because the hulu commercials kept showing me that anime over and over again i don't know why but that's that, no that's that's not all um the designs okay uh, so, yeah. actually both both are made by the same guy yashiro okay. naito yeah so really? i was almost thinking that Maybe it would have been better to. Okay, so Trigon is all about, you know, people are always like, there's, everything's happening, lots of things are happening all the time, they're super active, and lots of shooting and crazy stuff happening, like, um, almost immediately. This anime, uh, like I was saying, it just, it took, it was just so slow, and all the things that Mike were saying, personally, those things don't bother me, but I'm also coming from a background of watching a lot of anime that is like that type of setup where there's tons and tons of different stories branching off and they're only giving you little bits here and there and you have to piece it together as it goes. So I guess that didn't bother me too much, which is why I didn't have a problem waiting through to episode two, three, four, for it to pick up, which most people who are new to anime and you know, this is way too slow for them. They're going to see okay. the first episode and they're just going to be like, what, when is something happening? It wasn't that it was slow. I'm fine with slow. Like, I, I love, I was just thinking earlier today about how much I love, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson and shit. Like, I love slow moving character building stuff, but I just felt like I didn't care about any of these characters. It was just oh. so many, like it just jumped around and, and it was just written poorly, you know, like his, 
I didn't know until like halfway through. I don't know, like the second or third episode, who was even doing voiceovers. You know, I don't, I, I don't Those, know you, Michael Pantoli. They were so melodramatic and just fully written. It was like somebody. It just felt like watching something that somebody who had no like formal writing training just like was like into like all of these other like movies and TV shows and then just pulled what they liked and then like threw it in a big pot and like said okay. Some of it could be. Did you watch the sub or dubbed? I gotta ask. I started watching the sub for the first episode, and then I was just like, everyone is so quiet and sounds the same. Like, so I switched to the to the dub for. I'm not sure if I started at the second or the third. I think I started watching the dub at the second episode, and uh, I actually like the dub because it always makes more sense to me when they're like American characters speaking in English. And it, and I thought the dub was good. Just the writing wasn't very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I made it a point to watch both leading up to this. And I want to say some of the bad dialogue, I mean, namely in the narration, is, I mean, uh, some of it could have been, you know, just from the start in the Japanese. It is, I, I will admit, very melodramatic. This show is drama, heavy drama. I'm not going to lie. But... I, I enjoyed it anyway. Um, uh, some of the lines in the transition from Japanese to English get weird. Mm. Like uh, Brandon talking about death is everybody's next door neighbor. And, you know, you get some clunkers. Yeah. So hey. I want to I want to put some of that on the uh, localization. That being said, the dub itself isn't bad by any means. No, the dub's good. I mean, I kind of appreciated... It was just so... Just, ugh, just oozing like cheese. But I, I kind of, I mean, I appreciated little things about it, like how he was, he was pointing out these things were happening and and they were important to him and his circle of friends and everyone was getting killed and, but really it didn't, you know, it to the rest of the world it's just another killing in this shitty neighborhood. Um, I guess that resonated with me because yeah. I live in the hood, and people just keep getting killed here. Yeah, and it, it seemed kind of like, um, I don't know if I was reading too much into this, but specifically the the road Brandon and Harry go down in the first four episodes. Like, they're really going through a very strenuous version of the grieving process. They were grieving? It didn't seem like it. Well, they were also being chased by people trying to kill them. Like I said, I may just be reading too much into it. Well, yeah, no, they they were. I mean, they had like their best friends killed and shit. <laughs> that fake ass spike in the in the cafe. Yeah, they they were really on the nose with him. Did you did you spot his apron? What is no? It said peace. <laughs> he's, he's 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 so soft spoken, and he's got the big puppy dog eyes. Like it's clearly this is the last guy anyone thinks deserves a bullet. Oh yeah, no no no. In that respect, yes. I was as soon as I saw him. <laughs> and they were just like, ah, we're going to go kill these guys. And he was like, I want to come too. And they were like, no, nah, no, nah, you stay here. Just You stay here and uh, you cook us some food. <laughs> well, it, to, to be fair, the area they're in looks like a diner. Yeah. I so mean, that I could be that. what he does. No, I assumed that was what he does. I'm, I'm, my point is that, obviously, like you're going to stay here and cook so you'll be safe. Yeah. Alone. Yeah, there there is no safe in that neighborhood. Yeah. 
I mean, it was just clear setup. It was very gory. I mean, I, I feel like it wasn't gory, but there was a lot of blood. Like, when they, they come back and they see his dead body. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the point. It, it seemed like the intent there was really not to sugarcoat it. Like, this is some ghastly shit. At one point, you get a, you get a shot of his face, and he's... His eyes are bugged out. His mouth is wide open. It's like frozen. His face is frozen in just abject terror. It's bad enough for your be- one of your best friends dies. You know they didn't go peacefully or easy. Yeah, I noticed that. That was kind of shocking looking at that for a second. Like, whoa, they really want you to know he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Intentionally having it be some ghastly shit. Wait, so Joe, had you seen this anime before? I have not. I, it was why... Well, like a long time ago, I knew about it when it came out, but I never really got around to watching it, so it's new to me. Did you did you follow all of like the politics and like the who was who and the bad guys and stuff? I did because I actually I like that kind of stuff. I like all the different weird stories with the mafia and yeah. like yeah, all the different crime. And all, it was I like that. It was cool. I like it, stuff like that. On the one hand, it gets a lot more intricate further down the line, but it's a bit easier to follow considering Brandon and Harry are in the organization. You learn about it through them. Yeah. So, like, if you like that, like, if you like that aspect of, uh, let's say, Goodfellas or the Godfather movies, um, there's something to enjoy there. Yeah, see, that was, like, the only part that I was kind of interested in, apart from the fact that I didn't know who was who, really. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be a thing with me because I. Um, uh, Takeshi Kitano's Outrage 1 and 2 and really any of his gangster movies I really love but I do like the politics get clearer and clearer the more I watch them so with this it was kind of hard to follow but if I watched it again I could probably pick up more things but um, not sure I want to do that yeah for, for me as I was watching it it wasn't that hard to follow the first episode I mean like I was saying the first episode, I was actually clamoring to know more and more information. So because I wanted to know more, I kept trying to piece together as much as I could as each episode was going along. So for me personally, I didn't find it that hard to follow what was going on. I mean, the the writing, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. It didn't bother me too much, I guess, because I was more interested in kind of knowing uh, who was going to, you know, who the characters were, more of their backstory, because I like stuff like that. So you watch the sub? Yeah, I watch the sub. Okay, so was the line, my favorite thing about this whole thing was, uh, I forget what happens, but I, there's a guy who's like a goon, he runs in somewhere, and he's just like, we gotta take care of these guys, or they're gonna ruin our whole operation, they're real loose cannons! <laughs> I, I, wait, that's that's the scene where there's like random shots of them walking through the street and people getting hella uneasy, right? At the very I, end, episode... You mean, yeah, um, we're talking about episode four, right? So Brandon and Harry, those yeah. two walking? I think it was the last one. I think they leave somewhere and the guy comes in and says that. But it was yeah, just like, I, yeah, I think I think what you're talking about is right before the scene I'm talking about. So what's that like in the dub? Because Same thing. Okay. <laughs> it's the same thing. I like the following scene, namely the shots of like Harry and Brandon walking around all disheveled and pissed off and <laughs> giving people the psycho eyes, if only because I can remember a time where I was genuinely that angry. Harry, in, in episode four, Harry kind of kind of became a real jerk when he just kept on telling Brandon that he was just going to leave out of nowhere and he wasn't going to take him with him. And then when he well, changed his mind, no. he joined the mafia. 
It, it wasn't that he wasn't going to take him with him. It's that he knew Harry had an anchor to that town in the form of Maria. So I mean, Brandon had an anchor. Harry. Brandon, yeah, yeah sorry, Brandon. Harry, Harry, wait, okay. Harry's the guy in the white suit. Harry's the, which one is that? In the white suit. Harry McDowell, he later becomes the big villain. That, okay, no, well, who is he in this? He's, he's the guy in the white mean? suit. What do you mean? What do you mean? Is he a bad guy in this, or is he one of his buddies? He be he is his buddy guy. in the beginning and becomes a bad guy. The story okay. is about how that happens. He was so the... he's so he's his buddy that everyone gets killed and they're like they're buddies. He's the like the last guy that lives with him. Yeah, and then they join together at the end. Okay, in the mafia. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 yeah. Because the 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 point the point of that is that in, in is that you see how inseparable they are, how tight they are, and you only come to learn why that is, and you know it's it's sort of wrapping your brain around what could possibly have driven the wedge between them, yeah, to such a degree, yeah. See, I, I like that in the and, first episode that you know you see the big villain and it's Harry, so that that, that kind of made me excited to see in the future episodes, you know. How they eventually, I would imagine, break apart, yeah. and how Brandy became yeah. what he was. So, See, I'm just putting this together now. Like, <laughs> I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know that, but it it just seems like typical like vehicle, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's because it was based off of a game, and they weren't really working with something from scratch. <laughs> yeah, well, well, they don't indicate. Well, they, they, they indicate that in the game that Brandon was originally a part of the organization and when Harry kind of made the big push to become the top dog within it, Brandon basically stood against stood against the move and Harry killed him for it. Well, they do all that, in like, but you have to watch a lot of the episodes later on. Yeah. It's RoboCop. Well, yeah, it it build it builds up to that in the uh, anime, and there's there's a lot of uh, character development and stuff that goes on over that time. Like, <laughs> I mean, that simple fact that he is RoboCop is really hammered. <laughs> you came back from the dead, Brandon. Dead. Hey, 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 it's oh, grave. <laughs> His name is Beyond the Grave. Yes. Yeah, what I didn't understand was that. So they change it in the. Translation? What do you mean? Well, because I, I feel like he said that in like the first episode, and then they never refer to him as that again. Well, yeah, because the first episode is like thirteen years, yeah, into the okay. future. They don't call him beyond the grave till he's beyond the grave. Yeah. So, and and that's another thing about the first episode that like turns me off is I feel like yeah, some of the the politicking and mafia shit is interesting, but I feel like. Is it going to devolve into, like, weird monster killing at the end, which I don't care about? I can tell you, having watched it, is that it progresses uh, as as naturally as one can into crazy zombie hit squads. Mm. <laughs> which is to say, um, I'm not sure if this counts as a spoiler, but it, you know, it's uh, it's foreshadowed actually in one of the episodes that we saw, I won't say what, but, um, it's, you know, very much a commodity kind of builds up it. The, the technology itself progresses to the point that it's that 13 years later. Let me say that. Yeah. It it just feels like that they should have just thrown the first episode out the door and just kind (laughs) of started from like just the backstory. I I don't know. It just, I mean, I I agree with you there. Well, even the, even the, 
Everyone take a shit on them. <laughs> Even the transition from episode one to two, there really isn't one. It just kind of suddenly happens where it's in the past now, and they're talking about the past. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah that, the that only first episode consistent between the two so, is Brandon's uh, narration. Yeah. When did this come out? Uh, two thousand four, okay. three. Oh, yeah, it's a post pop world. Post-Bebop I feel like world. maybe maybe the idea was there and I don't know because Bebop did that really well where they did the flashbacks and you didn't really know but you could piece together some things and then it kind of comes together at the end but you're there's still like a huge blank area that you don't know about. I feel like maybe this is like the opposite of that or they were inspired by that yeah. in some way. Hmm. Um, but it's just like it was ineloquently handled. I would agree with that. Yeah. It, <laughs> okay. Just, okay. <laughs> this is this is depressing the shit out of me, Mike. Just let's let's go tell tell us about what you did like. I think I I did. I I've gone over it. Um, let's see. The music was was good. Um, I like the. I see. I remember it being good, but I don't remember much about it. I it was it was kind of jazzy a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little folky in some parts. But I like the music. Um, like I said, some of the the scenes where characters are forced into certain situations, I thought there was real tension there, and it was really good. Um, the scene where Bo Billingsley's character first shows up, and it's in the rain, and I thought, well, so it actually made me think about Batman the animated series a little bit because. On some of the commentaries for that, they... Well, that was a dark show. Actually, it was the commentaries for Superman, um, the 90s Superman show, where they were saying, you know, when we have our night shots, everything just looks better. Like, the colors are just better. So they started to write more night scenes. And that was one thing I noticed, that it was way prettier during this scene than any other scene. Part of that, I think, uh, again, is that budget-wise, they probably put more into certain scenes than others. Like, a lot of the filler stuff is just, you know, kind of classic anime close-ups of people's faces and just the mouth moving. And then, you know, establishing shots are really just paintings and then panning over the paintings. But yeah, that scene was one of the times where I was like, I can take this seriously. I don't know, just the tension there. And I thought the, the scene where, where they were, their little group kind of went out and, like, had a street fight with uh, the other gang or whatever was, was mm-hmm. kind of cool. It was fun. It had a good energy to it. And then one of the later scenes where they're in, like, the graveyard, I thought it was cool. So I think it handles, like, Mex- the Mexican standoff stuff and, like, the political tensions kind of well. I think that's well thought out. I just think they needed someone to go over and just do rewrites to polish up, you know, dialogue and stuff and... And I mean, part of it is just, it's just anime fluff, you know? It's, it suffers from, like, a lot of cliches. I mean, in the first episode, like, oh, here's a kid that, you know, has to find a man to help her out. And, you know, she's going to tag along and she knows nothing, but I'm sure she becomes a badass, like, way later or something. It's like, how many times have I seen her? No, she doesn't. <laughs> okay. Well, um, either, in the game, the video decided. game sequel, she does. Yeah. But uh, not in the anime, not at all. In the game, it was interesting watching the game, too, because, like, right away I was like, wow, this looks pretty. It was surprising. Like, they, they did a good job with that. Yeah, so there was, there's some stuff I liked in this, but really, it felt like a pain to watch. Ugh, okay, enough. Enough. 
<laughs> you're causing me pain. Uh, if, if it isn't uh, already apparent to you, ladies and gentlemen, I really do like this show. So, <laughs> But um, the upside I can say is that those um, tense moments you mentioned you like are a great deal more frequent and come, like I said, with uh, really good character development and the sort of inner workings of this uh, mafia-style organization called Millennium, Millennium, and at the end, Millennium. And that's really what the show is ultimately about, leading up to the sort of coup that Harry makes on the organization, Brandon dying and coming back, and all of that. It's um, uh, you you just saying that right now is like wow, really? That's really similar to Bebop, actually. Kinda, I yeah. guess. Well, I mean, the coup and then him dying and then coming back. Spike didn't really die, but you know, metaphorically, he does. Yeah, there's 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 definitely some crossover between the two. When I was um, Gungrave's pretty unique in that regard. There's not a whole lot of uh, anime out there that focus on crime and this sort of element. So finding recommendations was a bit difficult. I had to do a bit of research and Bebop, and I think Joe mentioned Helsing as well were things people were attempting to recommend. I guess namely due to like weird incidental stuff, but there aren't, at least as far as I know, a whole lot of anime like it. Uh, have you seen Tekon Kinkrete? I think it's called? Yeah. That had crime elements uh, in it. I There was, like, one scene that really stuck with me. Uh, not to get too much into that, but, like, yeah, I mean, that had it, but that, that was a, another thing that was, like, based on something else that, it kind of had the Akira problem, you know, where it was mm. based on a giant work. Yeah, like a much longer manga, bred yeah. little bits of it, and yeah. I like the anime, but yeah, yeah it did kind of suffer from trying to put a lot more into the allotted space. Yeah, no, it made no sense, that. but it was pretty. This oh, yeah. is not going how I <laughs> anticipated. <laughs> what did you anticipate? I didn't think you'd hate it. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate it. You hate I, it. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, I got I, hurt I, feelings. That was weeaboo bullshit for the most what part. What the fuck, you? <laughs> the fist. No, I didn't. I'm hate shaking it. the fist. Like I said, it it had things that held my attention a little bit, but for the, I mean, like all that shit with monsters and stuff, and like all these characters, it just has a lot of like, not just anime cliches, but like. What was cool in like 2002? All right, trench coats and guns and silent protagonists. Really, you you didn't like the fact that Brandon didn't talk. No, I see that felt like anime cliche nonsense. Where it's like, oh, he's so brooding and damaged, and like he's not brooding and damaged. He just doesn't like to talk. Well, it it seems like he is. He's definitely he's he. I mean, you could make that argument for him when he's beyond yeah. the grave, but when he's in in episode two, he is not. He is neither brooding well, nor they, damaged. Did they ever go back and like talk about what happened to him before all that? Um, a little bit when they cover like uh, how him and Harry met. You find out that this was just always a quirk of his huh. that he yeah. didn't like to talk much. At the same time, I feel like kind of typical of bad writing is that it's never explained why he didn't talk in the first place. Like, it's just a quirk. People who don't talk a lot, like, they don't talk for a reason. I know, but... I, and uh, another, well, another, yeah, that's, that's an argument we could have or not have. 
Yeah. And I was going to mention, because whenever I think of silent characters, I always think of... Have you guys seen High Noon? Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. It's an old Western. It's a classic Western. It's really important. It's like anti... Or not anti, but it was... Anyway, it was a big deal when Huac was around and trying to find commies in the Hollywood industry. But barring that, a lot of people focus in on Lee Van Cleef's character in this in this movie because he barely says anything. And he's kind of a side character. And he he doesn't really talk. He just kind of has this like long-yarded stare. And people are like really fascinated. Like, what does he mean? Like, why is he there? What does this mean? And I, I've never read any like interesting or you know thought-provoking stuff on it. But I, I do think he's a cool character. But I also think there's a reason why he's not the protagonist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the less you know about a character, the less you want to... If the mystery is, is what they're all about, then you don't want to focus on them too much. It's kind of like a Gray Fox thing, you know what I mean? You risk, you risk uh, destroying the mystique and or disappointing your fan base. But, I don't know, with... With regards to this anime, it's just um, let me let me see if I can I can make a guess at something here. Um, kind of wondering now, with you having said that, if maybe one of the bars between anime fan and non-anime fan is when and how you want things explained. Because uh... I'm kind of noticing that it's like off the gate, I don't really care. What's put in front of me? I, I just kind of have. I don't know if it's a, it's a faith and assumption or whatever that if it's important, it'll be explained at some point. And I've noticed anime in particular kind of relies on that. There's a freedom in it, but I can understand at least um, uh, intellectually how that would bother people. I mean, it doesn't. No, it doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when there are things that are just in place with little thought put behind it even if you never know why um so those things you know like here's a narrative thing that i I really like that was done in in saving private ryan um and i may have talked to you guys about this before but you watch that movie and it's a great movie uh tom hanks character is really interesting we know we start to learn more and more about him um but tom hanks was on inside the actor's studio once and what drove his performance was this fact that his character, he said, James Lipton mask and what do you know about Captain Miller that we don't? And he said, uh, Captain Miller would receive letters from home, and he would, after he would read them once, and he'd, he'd tear them up and then throw them away and never look at them again, uh, because the only thing that he could focus on would be the mission. And then when you watch that movie again with that information, even though it's not said, you, you understand a little bit more about that character. Um, but even not knowing, it's still, you feel it in his performance. Does that make sense? Because the, the, I mean, if you don't remember, the, the plot is kind of, there's a, a letter that's passed around uh, from someone who dies in the beginning, to, from soldier to soldier, until finally he, he takes it. Uh. It's been a while since I've seen that. But stuff like that, I mean, that kind of narrative is st- technique is stuff that I really enjoy. So I totally get what you were saying, Mike, about the whole, you know, we were talking about Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, I, I understand that. But I guess for me, 
at least when it comes to watching anime. I mean, I wasn't looking that deeply or analyzing it that deeply at all. I mean, the fact that he wasn't talking didn't really bother me. That was just like, oh, he's not talking. Okay. That's it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't really... Yeah. I didn't think about any of the stuff you were talking about. The only time I was thinking about it is when you brought it up. So, uh, <laughs> so for me, when I watch anime, and I've watched a lot of anime like this, that... The only thing I really care too much about is just kind of, you know, if it looks nice or if I find the story decent or not. And all those little subtle things that you were like one of them you were mentioning, Save a Private Ryan. If I don't really I'll pay attention to them, but not too deeply. I'll just kind of, you know, I'll, I'll like, oh, wow. OK, so that's that's how that character is going to be like. But I don't really go. I don't really try and concern myself about too much about really like every single thing that's happening on the screen. So really, honestly, to me, none of that stuff bothered me at all. So the anime to me was okay. It wasn't great. It's not something I'd probably recommend to a new anime fan, but I would probably suggest, suggest it to someone who's been watching anime for a little bit and they just kind of want to, you know, watch something to pass the time or something like that. But yeah, I don't really pay attention to those type of things. So they never bothered me. Yeah, I mean, but you understand what I'm, I'm saying. I, yeah, I totally it, understand it, what you're saying. It felt like there was not a lot of thought put into some things. Yeah, but no, no, I agree. I'm not saying it's, it needs to be, like, super deep or anything, because um, when a show's written well you and put in front of your face, it's it's like an iceberg thing, you know? You see the tip, but you don't see the hard work that was put behind it, like the giant, you know... Right. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying. It's just when I was watching this, I was just I was just watching it. There it's wasn't popcorn. Any... Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm so sorry, Lionel. Uh, so basically, okay, so it's, you know, trans- Transformers movies, right? It's like basically just junk food. It's just kind of, it's not anything, spe- it's just nice to watch, just nice to watch, but that's pretty much it. So it's not, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. It's just something I would watch. Uh, so... That's how I kind of felt about this anime. Yeah, that's... I mean... Yeah, me too. I mean, when you say... Like, what I was talking about, that's the difference between okay and and great. True. Are you still alive there, Lytle? (laughs) The paradigm has shifted. My heart is broken. (laughs) All right. Now, now before I get on my soapbox and and, and attempt to be the avenging angel of Gungrave, I wanted to... I guess bring up one more thing that would fall into this sort of critical analysis death pit that we've fallen into, <laughs> which is um, that, that there's there's a very stark contrast between the, the source material, i.e. the game, to a lesser extent its sequel, and the anime itself. I'm sure you guys noticed that. With the, uh, I'm not sure how much you guys watched of the uh, long play of the Gungrade game. You want to talk about that? Because I watched like 45 minutes. Okay, I watched the whole thing. Joe, did you watch any of it? I watched about five minutes of it, not too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you you saw you saw how different the two were. Uh, it looked like Devil May Cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 extremely uh, it's it's hyper stylish. It's yeah over the top and in a really awesome way. And I, I love both, in spite of how different they are. Though there's a part of me that secretly yearns for. A closer marriage of the two. Um, they sort of they make a little bit of an attempt in that in overdose. 
the sequel to the first game. But I kind of wonder if... Um, do you guys think maybe trying to include elements from the game into the anime could have not only been responsible for, for why that first episode was so rough, but like caused any problems with it as a whole, or at least in regards to the four episodes you saw? See, taking that into consideration, I feel like now I understand a little bit more why that first episode is like that, because they have to show that, oh, it's, it is Gungrave. There's action and there's lots of killing and shooting. Uh, so, yeah. It's almost like what they could have done is if they wanted to make it feel really like the game, it, the anime almost could have been, instead of all dark and brood-like and emo-ish, it could have been more you know, action-packed all the time, killing zombies, shooting lots of cool things and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, if they wanted to go much closer to the game and almost make it seem identical, they could have gone that direction, which would have been were interesting. There, were there any zombies in the game? Well, I, 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 don't, I, don't mean zo- I don't mean zombies, but I just mean, sorry, it's just... Just but there whatever were, they were fighting. Well, well, no, if 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 I can pull up my pants, stick out my teeth, and like take <laughs> deep breaths through the mouth, stretch your teeth, and get hella nerdy when I tell you that they they were orgmen, which is to say okay. genetically altered zombies, yeah, made from some other shit. But I mean, in the game, like yeah, seems- they show up later. Okay, but uh, it's kind of like you know how games scale in difficulty over time. Yeah, uh, you know yeah. the uh, difficulties added is uh, okay. Okay, screw these these human flunkies. Bring in the orgmen. It almost feels like the, if they would have gone more with how the the game was, that it could have been like Trigun and how it. Well, well therein lies the thing. Do you think you could have those uh, Godfather Mafia elements alongside Trigun hijinks? Yeah, you, to- you totally could. Lots of animes do that kind of thing. You could do it. I well, well, I guess here's here's the thing is. The um, portion of the audience you pull, do you think that the portion of the audience you pull with the uh, inner mafia workings would be interested in the over-the-top action or kind of repulsed by it? I think you pull in a lot more people wanting to watch this anime if it was set up that way versus how it is now. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said, when I said I yearn for a closer marriage of the two, that's mm. kind of what I want. Granted, I also want the the melodrama and the emotion. Mm-hmm. I want it all. Brand new socks and drawls. Yeah, um, Mike, what's your what's your stance on it? I mean, I'm the opposite. I just think like all the like all the weird monsters exploding in the first episode really turned my turned me off, and I was just like, what? I mean. But uh, what I what I did like about two, three, and four uh, episodes that we watched were was the the human drama. Like I said before already, I, I think if it were just you know, see that's what I that's kind of why I don't I like things to be grounded. And anime is all there's always something weird going on. I think it'd be really cool to just have like a straight up like slow paced tense crime drama, you know, animated, um, animated better than this, but I don't know, but I guess that there's a place for this, and I I can stick to watching Beat Takeshi movies instead. Alright, um, in that scenario, in that scenario where they tell something a lot more just grounded, what necessitates it being anime? Uh... 
Not necessarily trying to like. I mean, what what would you want to see in something like that? That it, which would benefit from it being an anime? I guess. Well, I, I understand the question, and I that it's really funny that you asked that because when I was watching Akira with my friend, uh, one of the criticisms he gave was, "Why is this animated? Like, there's no reason for this to be animated. They could have done it live action." I could have made a list for him. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of uh, before things got crazy. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, see, uh, actually, that you bring up that point, that's actually a problem that I kind of have. I think it, or it relates to what I just said, is that because it is anime, I think they think that they need to do all this fantastical shit. But hey, what, did you watch that... Um, Garden of Words anime. Garden of Words? Anyway, it's from a really... I guess the director is known for making really pretty shit. Oh, um... Uh, are you talking about Flower of Evil? No, it's called, like, Garden of Words. Oh, no, then I guess I haven't <laughs> anyway, heard of it. I, it's it, it really... It, nothing happens. It's just about a... a guy who, like, falls in love with a teacher or something. Oh. Anyway, this that was excruciating to watch, but it was beautiful because uh, really nothing happened. It was just melodrama, and it wasn't the writing wasn't that great, but it was beautiful. So I would love to see like, I mean, there was so much detail, and something moves in every shot. You know, whether it's water or there's, it's like a detailed close up of a cell phone. Like, so in, a, in an anime, in a hypothetical, I don't know gangster yakuza anime i think it would be cool to have like a ridiculous amount of detail into like the little things you know see cloth moving like instead of like in stuff like this where you have a shot of just someone's face and their mouth just moving like show them like moving and emoting as they talk like show expression that like that's where you could put <laughs> interest in to me uh, no, I like, I can, I can I like see slow it. things, you know? Uh, no, I, I can definitely see it. Basically, you can do a situation where, um, like, yeah, I guess if, if this were live action, the situation where you'd have to say, damn the budget in order to do it, you can do with no problem in the case of anime. Like, you can have, like, meticulous shots where mm -hmm. clothes fold in a certain way, the wind blows, and, you know, just, just all kinds of weird, intricate detail that you have a pain in the ass doing in live action. You can actually manipulate in the case of animation. Well, I mean, in live action, you, you just set up, a, you get a really good director of photography and you just make it look good. But I actually think it would be more work to do it in animation. Because um, if, if you've seen Garden of Words, anybody who's listening, you know it's, it, that must have, the budget must have been sky high. Because it's, mm. it's just so, there's so much detail everywhere. Um, other than that, if it were just like, it had the budget of what the show had, I mean, yeah, that. I guess that is a question to bring up. Why would this need to be animated? And the answer is it wouldn't need to. But that's also kind of why I don't watch a lot of animes because they. it's like, well, we do have animation at our disposal, so let's just do everything. Like the, the premise rests on what we can't do in live action, so let's do that. And that's kind of heartbreaking to me, to be honest, because it feels like 
everything will ultimately get pigeonholed into what's practical versus any sort of vision someone might have for a particular medium. It's like, okay, you want you you want some drama, you want a character development over an extended period of time with elements like this. Well, you have to do live action, but I want to do it animated. Yeah, well, it makes more sense to do it live action. It, you see, it feels kind of stifling, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I, feel I hate like that. There's probably, I mean, Garden of Words, again, is a good example of, like, this is just a melodrama, but it's really pretty. Um, so there, so clearly there are people doing things like that. I, I mean, a lot of that stuff just isn't put in front of my face. I don't live in Japan, I don't follow anime, so I don't know what's out there. Uh, fair enough. Uh, Joe, you got anything to say? Um, I think that, because I was looking at the reviews, and even though, the, I mean, the Gungrave game didn't get, like, a, you know, did it get, like, an 8? Was it yeah, it was uh, mixed reviews. Mixed reviews. So, yeah, I'm thinking Some people. It was a, it was a very much a love it or hate it type deal. I'm thinking the game did well enough that the creator, you know, probably just had an opportunity to make a, an anime out of it, and he made an anime out of it. Yeah, well, it got a sequel. It was uh, popular enough. Yeah, well, that's so. I'm thinking there, you know, there wasn't. Much thought, not saying that in a bad way, not much thought into making this the most amazing anime ever made ever. It was just, you know, the game, he, they liked the idea of the game probably, and the creator wanted to make an anime out of it, so he made an anime out of it. So That's a, that's a good point. That brings up another question. Is So was the person who wrote the game the person who wrote the anime? That's a good point. It, was he? The anime is directed by a guy named uh, Toshiyuki Tsuru, who worked predominantly in key animation and storyboarding. He also, I think, did a one of the Naruto movies, may have had some smaller roles in that, but predominantly, again, storyboarding, key animation, that sort of thing. And his directing it is based upon a screenplay wrote by a guy named uh, Yosuke Kuroda, who wrote a number of screenplays for... Well, uh, an- anime such as uh, Onegai Teacher and Twins, Honey and Clover, Excel Saga, and Mobile Suit Gundam Double O. He's he's a good writer, but yeah, they very much it was very much an adaption in the sense that uh, Naitao, the uh, you know who for whom Gungrave was basically his brainchild, was only sort of uh, uh, an outside influence on. I think he may, Nighttime may have provided a voice in the anime. But, you know. Yeah, the anime wasn't his baby the same way the game was. That interesting. Hmm. Wonder. Uh, I don't imagine, if Nighttime, if Nighttime had wrote, wrote it, I think it would still have the melodrama. I don't know if there'd be the intricate mafia story stuff going on in there. All right, all right. Before before I close this thing out, let me just. I do not. Uh, I, I can understand where Mike is coming from. I. I don't quite see. I guess I ultimately don't see the flaws that he sees it in the sense that I fucking love this show, and I even love episodes one through four. I even kind of like episode one, though it's definitely got some problems. Really, it's if I've learned anything from this is that maybe the the bar to entry for this is a bit higher than I thought. I thought episodes one through four, episode four in particular, would be the ticket. That would be the one that pulls people in. But 
am realizing now, maybe five, maybe getting to see, getting to wet your beak a little on the whole mafia, the inner workings of this organization and how Brandon and Harry respectively will come to fit in, how it will simultaneously pull them apart and bring them together is really the drawing point, or it may take more. It ultimately may not have as much... Uh, mass appeal as I thought it had, but I still think it's an overlooked gem in regards to anime. There isn't a whole lot like it out there. You don't really have anything that even things that cover crime or different organizations don't delve into it in that sort of detail. Very much the idea of it being a family, the uh, mafia elements pulling from entertainment from the west the way it does and having such an intricate cast of characters from all over it's really unique it's really well done the characters may not be as appealing in the beginning as i thought but they they they're really worth sitting with in order to just sort of see how they progress um clearly who i would recommend this to is not going to be for everyone but if you've Watch those first four episodes and have, or even just episodes two through three, and have the faintest inkling that you might like it. I'd say go into it full force. I don't, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Um, I guess in regards to recommendations for those who may or may not watch this and decide they like it, Gungrave is a very strange beast. The only thing I can think of is another anime called Monster, which isn't quite the same, but definitely has the same level of drama and. Uh, Emphasis on character. Now, Joe, I got a question for you. Um, yep. Did you watch Gunslinger Girls way back when, when it came out? I I never got around to watching it. I think I watched like the first one or two episodes. Let's see, but well, yeah. What, I, what I'm curious about is, I know this is, is another. In, there's a story heavily integrated with the mafia, and I, I want to say, does that one actually take place in Italy? Oh, I do not remember. Uh, I think so. I think. I'm not completely sure, though. Yeah, I was just kind of wondering if that also had the same, had anywhere near the same element of uh, crime, drama, and all that going on there. All I remember is that those characters themselves, they had a lot of problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, it, it, it stunk of tragedy. That show looked like it was going to be tragedy porn. Well, it was little children with guns. I mean, you can't get more. Well, yeah, there's yeah, like like child soldiers and all. I love tragedy porn. What is this called? Uh, Gunslinger girls. Oh, interesting. Child soldiers are very hot right now. <laughs> yeah, choose your words carefully. Uh, um, put I put do. gunslinger girls in the Google, and you'll understand why I said that. Mm. Uh, anyway, well, yeah, it is, like, actually, it's it's a strange issue that's coming up a lot lately, because uh, I guess it's a real one, but, uh, I mean, Kojima's touching on it, and, uh, of course, Baby Police kind of t- touches on it, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry I brought up Baby Police. <laughs> I don't care. But it does, uh, about Baby Police as much as you want. Francis Odega is amazing in that movie. Um, you guys should all watch it. It's on YouTube for free. Uh, I forget the the name of the the child actor. God damn it! But yeah, it's a, it's a it's a good movie. You should you should all watch it. It's a very interesting critique on uh, 
Nollywood. Where, where's, where, where does it come from again? I Nigeria. believe the... Oh, oh, that one was Nigeria? I thought that was part of the weird crop of films that were coming out of Uganda. Oh, I, it, I think it might have been Uganda. But yeah, it's a it's an interesting critique on Ugandan uh, politics. Not politics, but, you know, the situation over there. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. But uh, also, it's just funny. Yeah. Anyway, anything you guys want to say the closest to this this damned venture out? And all I'm saying is those loose cannons are gonna blow our whole operation. And there you have it. What's your anime in all of its grand and ephemeral glory? Uh, don't worry about missing it too much, though. I do plan to bring it back in some form or another in the future. I just gotta figure out how to punch in my own weight class before I go for the pound-for-pound title, if you get what I mean. Special thanks, as always, to Submorphine, the creator of our opening and closing theme, Symphonic Highway. If you like the song and want to find more like it, check out the SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash sub m-o-r-p-h-i-n-e. Special thanks also to the creator of our promo theme, Anime Raku. If you want to see what the artist is up to, check out facebook.com slash squarion. That's S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Also check out Squarion's uh, project called Project Stick at facebook.com slash project stick. Anyway, so return to form next week. And if I could make a prediction, you may get to hear Mike yell at me and scream the word weeaboo bullshit at least once. I'm really not sure if he's ready for what I got next. <laughs> anyway, have a good night, folks. Okay, guys, I get it. She has boobs. So many levels. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you do. See, I, next time it's kitchen battles and fan service with two episodes of Food Wars. Good luck, Mike.